There's not a nonprofit out there that intends to drive donors away. And yet, it's happening. Having analyzed hundreds of donor files, we know for a fact that donor attrition rates are between 40 to 60% on average. So, to help you discover how to better retain your donors, today we're talking about all the terrible things nonprofits do that hurt their donor relationships. Avoid these blunders and you'll already be on a path to better serving your donors and accomplishing more for your mission. Welcome to the Nothing But Major Gifts podcast from Veritas Group, featuring Richard Perry and Jeff Schreifels. Twice a month, we bring you the latest and best thinking about major gift fundraising, so you can develop authentic relationships with your major donors. Here are your hosts, Richard and Jeff. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm Jeff Schreifels, and I've got Richard here with me. This is going to be a fun conversation because sure is. we'll be talking about some of those absolutely terrible, makes you want to pull your hair out thing <laughs> that we hear nonprofits doing that are damaging the organization's relationships with their donors. Well, that, that's why I don't have any hair, Jeff. There's none <laughs> left because I've pulled it all out. But we've certainly heard some crazy stories over the years, haven't we? I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> now, as we go through these, you got to keep an open mind and be willing to recognize that you may have done some of these things too. I mean, that happens. Well, no doubt. I mean, <laughs> but you now have an opportunity to learn the lesson and change your approach uh, moving forward. Oh, that's a really good point, Richard, because making mistakes or making the wrong call is really, it's all part of the process. Mm -hmm. But if you aren't learning from that, then you're missing out on a big part of the experience. So let's get started today. Let's talk a little bit about some of the think thinking that leads fundraising leaders and professionals to do those totally terrible things. So <laughs> Richard, let's start with the first one. And this one is really about the bigger picture, not really understanding the role of fundraising in an organization. I know it's, I know it's just so basic. I mean, like yeah. uh, commercial companies understand the role of sales and marketing in the commercial area. I mean, right. if they didn't have it, they wouldn't be actually selling any product or services. But for some reason, f fundraising is sort of like just reduced down to this. In some cases, well, we just got to do it or we, so we can just get the money and they don't elevate it up to a level of of valuing in fact in fact in the hierarchy it's like program you know is the is the very most important thing and then fundraising is this distant cousin that lives in a small shed out back somewhere yeah i know that's exactly what's happening and it, it, it's just like this is why we we see nonprofit leaders not wanting to invest in anything in mm -hmm. the program to make more money like you like how many times richard have we presented a plan to an organization that shows if you invest this X amount right now, in two years, it will return four times as much, right? five times as I mean, it's like, why wouldn't you do something like that? And, you know, it's because they don't care about the fundraising side of things. Well, I mean, I had a situation where... Uh, I mean, there's that. And then there's a situation of just the valuing thing. Like, for instance... 
when you look at a nonprofit, what what a nonprofit exists to do is perform a a societal benefit to address a societal problem, right? Right. I mean, that's what it does. And so the mission of the organization is to do X or Y. Right. And of course, that's the most important thing. But then what's not valued is the fact that you've got to bring along a host of donors, individual and institutional donors, right? to actually get that done. And uh, that part there is, is, as we're going to be talking about later on in this podcast, is also a very important function. Yeah. Um, that's not only not only about getting the money, but it's about all the dynamics, the human expression, the investment yeah. of other people. I mean, it's a very important function. Yeah. I mean, another. I, I mean, another another area here that that's interesting that that uh, is sometimes misguided is misunderstanding the role of the donor. Yeah. So what you just said before, prior to this makes it just flows into this. It's like, well, they don't care about fundraising, or they don't really understand the role and the that fundraising places, and they don't understand how important the donor is in the whole relationship to the ecosystem of this whole nonprofit and how it runs without the donor, you're not going to have the program. And, you know, not, and not, and not um, honoring the donor and looking at them just as a source of revenue to get the program done. That's the other side of this is that they totally don't understand that if you are going to do this big mission, and you're going to bring in individual donors to help you, they have to be looked at as partners. Exactly, exactly. Uh, this, this, I think over the years, Jeff, what we've discovered on this point is that if you, if you analyze what's absolutely happening in this whole area of the donor as it relates to the organization, it's a human being who has a calling and I'm using the word calling, not as a spiritual term, but just as a, as a, Mm -hmm. as a purpose, Uh, there's a purposeness to this person in in this person's life that says, you know, I want to do something about that. And so they've, they've now sought us, this nonprofit out and said, and I want to do it with you. And so it's, it's this person's, it's a, it's a portion of this person's essence that's trying to express itself through the nonprofit. Well, this, this is a very delicate and precious thing. I mean, it's not just like, well, we'll just get the hundred dollars or the thousand dollars and be done with them. Um, right. I mean, that's why it's just so, so critical to, to, to pay attention to the fact that, which is why we use this phrase over and over again, that fundraising is not about the money. Yes. Uh, it isn't, it really isn't. It's about bringing like-minded people. And by the way, like-minded institutions Mm -hmm. in as partners to get the stuff done. Yeah. It kind of ties into the next one that Mm -hmm. there's misguided thinking about. And I wish more leaders would embrace this is that we don't recognize the spiritual nature of giving, Mm -hmm. you know, and you you see nonprofit leaders, you know, talk crassly about, well, we just 
you know, we just got to bring in the money. Just go out there and ask some people and, you know, for the cash, because we got to get this thing done. Mm-hmm. Not understanding what happens when someone gives that, that mystical experience that we've mm-hmm. often written about mm-hmm. and talked about that happens when a donor who wants to change the world releases their money, their hard earned cash, <laughs> their living that they made, you know, and mm-hmm. gives it to you as the organization, because they trust that you're going to do something amazing with it and help change the world. Well, and they trust that you're going to do something that they, that they yeah. want to get done. It's not yeah. just about us trying to get something done. Uh, we over here in the uh, nonprofit and, and I think some people confuse when we say the word spiritual, we don't mean it with a capital S. We're not we're not trying to say it's a certain religious uh, right. no. aspect to it or a certain, you know, a faith journey or although all the people of faith, we would say it's both the it's both the small s and large s uh, uh, for 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 those folks. Mm-hmm. But it but there's there is like you use the word mystical, there is this very special almost uh, undefinable uh, thing that happens uh, when someone's giving and it it's uh, and trust and sacredness those these words are very important in that whole yeah transaction uh, if, if we don't go with that then we're basically we're basically manipulating and stealing we're reaching into people's wallets and purses and taking their money uh, which is why we have so much donor value attrition and donor attrition is because uh, mm-hmm. we're treating people uh, poorly and we don't realize the nature of of giving. Yeah. Which which is which is down this this other track is is, is kind of a related point. Yeah. Is 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 a misguided thinking on treating donors not as an end in of themselves but as a means to an end. Right. I know. And and Jeff, you and I both know what it feels like to be used. I mean, uh it, it is a horrible feeling to have someone basically value us for what they can get from us. Yes. And and we've often used the word and I use it very frequently too, like I'll say, well, well that person's a taker. Yes. They just take. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and we see a lot of organizations that are takers. You know, mm-hmm. they they want the money and they don't, you know, the donor's like over here. And so it, it is, it's like a person that um, takes advantage of you. Mm-hmm. you. Don't feel good about that person. And, but they, but the organization justifies it because, oh, well, we have this mission we've got. That's where we really have to focus on. You know, the donors yep. are just getting us the money to go there. Mm-hmm. So we can take advantage of these people. That's what, I mean, the organization is not saying that, but in their actions, that's what the donors are feeling. Exactly. That's exactly how it comes out. And and I, I remember this one, uh, this one situation, and you'll recall once I start talking about it, of, of the organization that, that didn't have enough labor to process the Christmas giving. Yeah. And so, and so you remember we discovered when we were visiting the office of this organization about a thousand letters that had been unprocessed in February. So all the way from December giving, yeah. they, they had been sitting on this table. And when we looked inside the, each of the letters, the money was gone. 
but the letter was still sitting there. So I asked the person, well, so, so, so why? So you, where's the money? Oh, well, we processed that the minute it came in. Well, so then what's it sitting? What's the letter sitting here for? Well, because we're, we're, uh, we just didn't have the labor to, to actually get back to the donor. So they've left, they've taken the donor's money yep. means to an end, yep. means to an end. And they've not actually talked to the donor at all. I mean, this this is just abusive. It's unethical. We'll take the money, but we don't really appreciate you enough to spend mm -hmm. the money to get this back to you quickly and let you know that it made exactly. It yeah. Yep. And the funny thing is, is when you look at the losses, the attrition, value attrition losses of that organization, they were in the millions of dollars, Jeff. Money that they could have spent to have the labor in December. Yeah, which then would have reduced the amount of loss they would have had, which would have netted more money for program and mission. Now, it, it just does not make sense. So when you treat donors as a means to an end, this is what happens. I know this goes back up to not understanding the role of fundraising. I know, you know it's just like there all these things we've talked about are all interconnected, mm -hmm. and this mm -hmm. last one's even the is even bigger. I think the, this terrible thing, and that is the organization doesn't have systems that are set up to support the whole donor journey, the major yep. donor journey of the pipeline. And right. not only setting the organization up correctly as far as the organization and how people are working in different areas, but then also investing properly from acquisition all the way to plan mm -hmm. giving. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Not doing that. Yeah, I so saw you have a situation where an organization will invest two or three million dollars in the acquisition yeah. of donors. Now, why? Because they need to grab the donors in order to get the money. Right. But they won't invest in the cultivation and care of the donors they've acquired. Uh, yeah. Now, that just does not make sense. Like, why would you do that? I mean, even if you're just just purely selfish and you're going to use donors as a means to an end and you don't really care and blah, blah. It seems like you would invest the money to properly take care of them. Now, from our approach, if we, you know, you, you, we would want you to invest the money to secure the donor. Right. We would also want you to invest the money to care for the donor properly and show respect for them. Yeah. Which in turn will develop net revenue at a higher rate than uh, than not caring for them. Exactly. And yeah, then it's... continue to move that, move up with it. So, so then we see organizations with no mid-level program, uh, like barely any major gift program. Like how many organizations, Richard? I mean, large multi-million dollar mm -hmm. organizations that have this amazing acquisition and cultivation engine, right? But right. then they have no mid-level mid or major gift program. Uh -huh. And so there's no place for those donors to go. I know. It's like we're sell telling the donor, hey, we love that $25 gift and we know you probably want to give more, but we're not going to allow you to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Know. It's crazy. Well, and not setting up support systems to properly care for donors, uh, uh, yeah. the whole receding function, uh, the reporting back function, how many organizations do not have a system in place to report and tell the donor how their gift made a difference? Exactly. This, this is something I just do not understand. 
I mean, if, from purely an economic point of view, you're losing money, folks, if you don't invest in the back end of reporting back to the donor. You will lose money. You'll lose a significant amount of money and donors Yeah. if you don't do that. So why aren't you doing it? Exactly. Um, separate from the fact that you ought to just be doing it because it's the respectful and honoring thing to do. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah. So th there you go. Uh, not setting up those supports. It's systems. no wonder you're bald. I mean, <laughs> I knew you when you had a lot of hair. I know. <laughs> and, it was <laughs> it was beautiful hair. You I, I know. I'm in deep trouble now. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's talk about some of the terrible things nonprofits do related to asking for a gift. Uh-huh. And some of the things we've heard about or we've experienced. And we'll just kind of go through these a little quicker because yeah, otherwise we'd be here forever seriously but well i'm yeah i mean like one of them is like you 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 send out an appeal to your donor and then you address it dear donor or worse yet you get the name wrong i mean oh how gosh. many times have you gotten the name oh, wrong that that is just awful well it goes here's the thing donors want to be known the exactly. very least you can do is make sure you get their name right yep right because yep. once you get it wrong or you've got you know, Mr. Jeff Schreifels, no one wants, no one says that, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, they don't care about you, that you're just, you know, a number. I or know. how about this one? You ask for a gift, donor gives you a gift, and then you take a month or more to thank them. That's it's like one. your story. Yeah, that, that's exactly, that's one right there. A version of that is, you ask for, uh, they gave a gift. So like I, we have a situation. I remember one where the donor gave a thousand dollars. Yeah. The organization then asks, you know, for a gift of 35 or more, whatever you can do and doesn't, hasn't acknowledged the thousand dollars that they gave. Plus yeah, is totally unaware of the fact that they're giving at a whole different level. Yeah. Um, so you or, or here's another one you spend as much time on a thousand year donors you do it to a uh, hundred thousand year oh uh, i know hundred thousand per year donor i mean this is a case where uh you know you're asking these hundred thousand dollar donors you're you're only cultivating them through the mail or you're barely reaching out to them personally and yet you got a thousand year dollar year donor that someone really likes on your staff and now they're spending a bunch of time with that donor I mean, uh, it's it's just out of whack, right? Um, which is why we do all our tiering, and we, you know, so that we can help major gift officers focus on the donor on the on the donor that are giving the highest net worth value from you. So that happens all the time. How about this one? The CEO refuses to ask donors for a gift. <laughs> we see this a lot. Yeah, you know they're like, well, I don't really like fundraising. I'm not comfortable knowing. And here's the thing: if you if you want to cultivate major donors, those major donors who want to make six and seven figure gifts want to speak to the CEO. They want yes. to hear from them. Yep. So if you're not willing to do that, don't expect to get those big gifts. Well, this is where a board of directors or whoever's hiring a CEO or executive director or president of the organization should actually have as one of the criteria, your willingness and ability yeah. to ask. I good mean, that's point. important. Very good. Um, here's one. If you have a donor that gives you a large gift to fund a project and the project doesn't go as planned, 
uh, instead of communicating that to the donor, yeah, uh, you hide the problem. Oh yeah, which is sort of like the next one that you were going to bring up about being transparent. I mean, you're not yeah. open with the donor about what's going on. You have to be transparent. You have to be honest. Mm -hmm. If things go bad, you have to talk to them. And we know because we've experienced these with other organizations that both on the positive and the negative side, when you tell the truth and you're open about it to the donor, the donors most likely have the empathy and understanding because not everything goes right. <laughs> you know, they well, I never, I mean, it never does in business. Too. I mean, yeah. in business, you know, I mean, life is that way. You have more failures to, to get to the successes. I mean, that's just how it is. But then we've seen on the other side, when they hold back and they don't tell the donor, they eventually do get in trouble because people find out. Yep. Yep. Here's one. You have a donor who gives 5000 every year, but you never challenge that donor to give more because you're afraid they'll get upset. Oh, This one is so interesting to me because it's like, well, of course, if you don't actually sit and talk to the donor about what they want to accomplish through the organization and how much more they could do. Yeah. And you're talking at that level. And if you're just talking about getting more money, of course, they're going to be upset. Yes. <laughs> it's just so. I mean, uh, it's crazy. Well, this is what happened. We do. We create all this, uh, this mindset. We create a story in our head about our donors, especially the ones that, you know, every year they've been giving the same amount. And when we ask the major gift officer, like, well, why aren't, why aren't you, they giving more? Well, they always just give in November that $5,000 check. Yeah, yeah. Well, have you ever asked them for more? Oh, no. I mean, we never really have to ask. They just give them that gift. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You Do you know them very well? Well, no, you know, not really because I don't want to bother them. <laughs> you know, it goes, and they create the story in this head about a donor who could be giving so much more, but they're not, they're not engaging them. But, but that's that just getting yeah. that five thousand dollar gift, and you know, at least they can count on that. But that's focusing on the money, and that's that's the I problem. Know. If you were focused with that donor on what the donor wants to accomplish, then you'd be then the conversation would be like, Well, what else are we going to do to get this problem that we both care about get this problem solved? Yeah, that's a whole different thing, yeah. All right, I want to switch now to talking about some other terrible things. And this is really around the system and the structure of major gifts. Um, okay, yep. So on so, that one, yeah, yeah, you allow your major gift officers, here's one, to have hundreds of unqualified donors in their portfolios, uh, hoping that the larger the portfolio, the greater the chance of getting the $1 million <laughs> gift. I mean, so, so like 500, 600, I mean, Remember the one uh, major gift officer that had 1,200 yeah. people on yeah. on the caseload? Like, really? And what? They they knew like 25 of them, really. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. Wow. Or you have like, you don't have an internal system that helps the organization know how the real cost of their projects and program, including the overhead costs. Yep. yep. You know, so no one knows... You know, they're just asking for operations and, you know, they're not, they're not actually trying to help donors specifically give their gifts to tangible things that can yeah, this, lift their yep. giving. Yeah, this is a big area. So, so like, 
if you take a nonprofit's budget and you say, okay, let's look at that one area. Like how much does that, how much do you spend in that one area? Well, we spend $2 million. Yeah. Well, no, you don't. You probably spend 2.8 because you got to add the overhead in. Exactly. That's actually part of what the cost is. So that's what you're talking about there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How about this one? You leave out the emotion of fundraising and only report facts and figures, no stories on how you're changing the world. I mean, we see this a lot on the major gift side. It's like, well, the emotion side is really in the acquisition cultivation stage, not when they get to be major donors. That's right. false. People give out of their heart, from their heart, their emotions. And we have to tap into that no matter if a donor is giving $25 or 25,000 or 25 million. It Pe still is from the heart. Yep. People want to solve problems and yep. problems. Uh, when you discuss problems on, on the, on this planet, whether it has to do with people, animals, nature, any of that stuff, it's an emotional thing. So yep. you got to tell those stories and, and sort of a related point is, is, is in some cases, uh, you know, uh, an organization just doesn't figure out how donors want to be communicated with. So yeah. we just do what we want to do with yeah. them. I know. Let's just, let's just do what our, we want. It doesn't matter if the donor doesn't want to be called. I'm going to call them anyway. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. Really? Um, or you don't have a donor database that doesn't, or you have a donor database that doesn't allow you to create an individual revenue goal or strategic plan for every donor in your portfolio. And you know what? Quite honestly, it's most of donor databases are like this. Yeah. Yeah. They're that, great well, on, they're great on if you want to put in what I did, but if you want to create a plan that yeah. allows you to know what you're doing with a donor, they're very limited. This is something we've been trying to help solve for a long time. And we wish those folks that are doing, that are creating donor databases would understand this. Yes. Yes. And, and so that instead of looking back and documenting yeah. what, what's happened in the past, it's looking forward to what we're going to do in the forward. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a big one. Another one is, 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 is the whole move of, of uh, frontline fundraisers or, 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 program folks to interact with donors only at events. Oh, I know. I know. Like we're afraid to, to reach out to donors. So like, oh, well, events coming up, I'll, I'll interact with donors then. Um, we're not reaching out. We're not um, trying to get in front of them or Zoom or anything because, you know, I'm just not feeling comfortable. We, it's amazing how many major gift officers are uncomfortable actually meeting with donors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, another one is, and this is big, is that we don't allow our program folks to interact with donors. Like somehow, you know, as a major gift officer, I'm, I, I'm the only one or the, the CEO can only interact with the donor. I don't want anyone in the organization to do that. It's so dumb. <laughs> well, I mean, the program folks have all that information, yeah. the stories, the frontline stuff. I mean, it's like I, I would put them out there talking to, to donors all the time. I mean, it's very, very important. Yeah. Uh, another per, another another situation is, and we've talked about this, investing heavily yeah. in donor acquisition and not having a major, major mid-plan giving program. 
and you don't do the planned giving thing because it's too much trouble. I mean, oh, I it's know. like, so it's, it's, uh, so all of these things, I mean, we've been pretty negative on this thing so far, but what we're trying to say is, well, these are the look, terrible things nonprofits are doing <laughs> that hurt donors. Yeah. I know. And, and so like, don't do these things. That's why we're going through all of this detail. <laughs> well, let's talk some more about um, measuring and analyzing the program. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about some of the stupid things we're doing on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see it like a donor retention rate is about 40% overall. And you decide, well, that's just standard in our business. <laughs> yeah. So so we just don't address it. Right. I know. Or or donor value attrition, like like you're going to talk about is 40 to 60%. Like, ah, well, okay. Whatever. Yeah. So we just say, well, that's going to be, that's the way it is. So therefore, we're just going to have to double our acquisition every year because we're losing all these donors. So and let's spend more, let's spend more money to get more donors in to make it, up for the ones that are lost. And now we, now, as you talk about it, it just sounds utterly ridiculous, right? It but does. It, but it just keeps happening. It's like, you can see this, all these donors revenue going away and like, huh, maybe we need to invest there to stop them flowing away. No, <laughs> we got to keep, the acquisition thing going and let's double down on that thing. I mean, I wonder, I wonder why that, I mean, I, I've never understood why that happens. Maybe it's the, maybe it's not being able to actually trust that you can, you can actually change the, uh, reduce the flow of donors out of the yeah. organization. I don't that, know. That could be it. it. Could be I think another like is, that. is that, on the direct response side, it's all about immediate gratification, right? Mm -hmm. So like you can spend a million dollars and within 12 months, you should start to see that coming back. Or even like when you do an appeal to a, a cultivation appeal, it, you know, you know, you're going to see returns in like between two to four weeks, you know, so you're seeing money coming in like, oh, it's, and you get this idea that this is how you're generating mm -hmm. the revenue. Not thinking that, no, it's really over the long term where you're going to be generating the net revenue for your organization. Yeah. I mean, I would I would want to secure 100 donors and then try to work really hard at keeping as many of those 100 donors as possible versus securing 100 donors and then saying, well, okay, I'm going to lose 40, 50. Yeah. And I'm, so that I'm going to spend more money so that I can kind of creep ahead year to year. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Um, and then, and then the value attrition thing is another thing is we, we, and that's back to the impact talking about reporting back an impact Yeah, is that if we don't do that, we're going to have high value attrition. Why? Because the donor doesn't know they made a difference. Right. So they go somewhere else to make a difference. And whereas if we invested in reporting back, right. We could actually reduce that. Exactly. Exactly. KPIs. Uh, here's another one. The, yeah. uh, the KPIs for the frontline fundraiser focus on face-to-face -face meetings and the number of phone calls and emails they send. So okay. it focuses on activity versus actually meaningful connections. That's right. And like, actual why are you doing it? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like we I've never understood that. Like the you know, when we're sitting there working with our uh major gift officers with our clients. We're making sure that we have a revenue goal for every donor mm -hmm. and it's cash flowed. Mm -hmm. So we know what to expect every month. 
And then, yeah, we're tracking meaningful connections. Are we having a two-way connection? Is the relationship getting deeper? And, you know, are we actually, is the major gift officer working their plan? Because we know that if they're working their plan, they make their goals, right? Exactly. And the only re way we know we can have those conversations because we have we're working with them every week to determine that. And a lot of times, the reason why we have these crazy KPIs, like you know, all the all the numbers, oh, how many phone calls, how many emails, is because they don't have a manager, really, really. Mm -hmm. And they're and so they're managing at arm's length. And so the only way they can kind of look to see if they're actually doing any work is by looking at, you know, these these ridiculous KPIs of the number of phone calls or the number measuring of activity or yep. yeah, they're just measuring activity. They're not yeah. actually sitting down with the major gift officer and talking about these donors and wondering how they're deepening the relationship. Which is back to transactional fundraising is yeah. back to that whole thing of, of, of going for the money uh, versus actually going for the relationship. If you were going for the relationship, you'd be measuring the relationship. And you'd have deeper conversations with your managers about yeah. how you're build, building that relationship with a donor. And you know what's interesting? Yeah. Well. You know what's interesting about this? I mean, as we're sitting here talking about all this stuff, Jeff, and, and to, to kind of get up to a higher level, it's like it all, it all, the, this whole thing that we've been talking about, about terrible things that, that nonprofits do that hurt donors has everything to do with just not understanding how fundraising really works. Yeah. And that it's this very sacred, special thing that happens with another human being or a group of human beings in an institution. Yeah. It's this special thing that happens with them to join us in doing good on the planet. We, we, we just forget about all that and we're down this other track we in do. all of these areas, yeah. which is like, it's just shocking. Whew. Well, <laughs> I think we covered a lot today mm -hmm. and I hope this has helped you identify some areas where you may actually be hurting your donor relationships. And remember, as Richard said, donors are not a means to an end. They're the lifeblood that's mm -hmm. helping you carry out your mission. If you'd like to learn more about this topic area and how to create a culture that supports and values donors, then download our free white paper on building a culture of philanthropy. Go to veritasgroup.com, go to our resource tab, and, our, and then hit white papers, and there it will be, building a culture of philanthropy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a, this is good, Richard. It was. Yeah. <laughs> been through a lot we of did. terrible things. So hopefully the folks can avoid those things. Well, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for the Nothing But Major Gifts podcast from Veritas Group. Richard and Jeff also write an ongoing blog that you can subscribe to for free at veritasgroup.com. Please join us again next time.